0: woke up one morning I I woke up and I had this real terrible eye pain and it kind of felt like my eye was just getting ready to pop out of the eye socket and I didn't know what was going on but um my daughter my oldest daughter happened to be home that day and I asked her to take me to the hospital that was right down in the neighborhood because I just didn't feel comfortable driving I didn't do any rehab while I was in the hospital, but I have done rehab since the episode happened, since the stroke episode happened. I've done speech therapy, you know, I've done physical therapy, I've done occupational therapy, I've done quite a bit of rehab. We have a pretty good brain rehab center here, Origami Brain Rehab, and so I've done quite a bit. When it first happened, I dealt with a lot of cognitive issues. I dealt with a lot of short-term memory loss. I had some left-sided weakness in my body. And I ended up with what's noted as left-sided homonymous hemianopia, which is a left-sided blindness in each of my eyes. And so I actually have no peripheral vision in the left side of my eyes and I'm not able to drive and it's kind of tough to be like in crowded spaces and things of that nature. I think you have to put your focus on what is it that you want next. And then your energy will lead you toward that. I would just say, have faith and put your focus on what it is that you want next as opposed to dwelling on the past
1: Hello, this is Stroke Stories, and I'm Mark Goodyear. There are several health conditions that can increase the risk of having a stroke. These include diabetes, heart disease, lupus, and hypertension. Lupus is an autoimmune disease and can cause blood clots, which, if they travel to the brain, could result in a stroke. Although information like this is available online, it's not commonly known, even by people who have those conditions, so we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out, and to hear from, stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear from TJ Hawkins from Michigan, who suffered a stroke at the age of 38.
0: I'm married, I have three daughters, and... I was coaching high school basketball. I've been coaching high school basketball for about nine years. And I had also been working in the community as a sports events planner for about six or seven years. And raising a family of three daughters and and married. I was leaving my day job as a sports events planner to go to my evening job as a basketball coach. And yeah, it was was quite busy. I actually just woke up one morning. I, I woke up. And I had this real terrible eye pain. And it, it kind of felt like my eye was just getting ready to pop out of the eye socket. And I didn't know what was going on. But um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, happened to be home that day. And I asked her to take me to the hospital that was right down in the neighborhood because I just didn't feel comfortable driving. And when I went over to the hospital, I didn't know at that point that it was a stroke. But they admitted me because of my uh, blood pressure being extremely high. And once they admitted me and ran a battery of tests at that point, then they came in and explained that it was a stroke that I had incurred, what was making my eye pain and my headaches and things of that nature. About five years prior to that, I had been dealing with some migraine headaches and, and things of that nature. And so I had dealt with some of those symptoms earlier and probably five years previous to the stroke in 2015. So I kind of had an idea that something was going on, but I didn't really know what. So I just wanted to go to the hospital and get it checked out. I know I had dealt with some hypertension issues before and all those types of things. So, and when I went, Once again, my blood pressure was high and they kind of admitted me they wouldn't let me leave since my blood pressure was where it was at. That's kind of what triggered off the battery of tests that I went through discovered that it was actually a stroke. What I found out from subsequent testing is that they believe that the stroke was caused by lupus. Lupus is an autoimmune disease where the autoimmune system It kind of fights against itself. And so instead of it protecting you against disease, it's not doing its job. I didn't do any rehab while I was in the hospital, but I have done rehab since the episode happened, since the stroke episode happened. I've done speech therapy. You know, I've done physical therapy. I've done occupational therapy. I've done quite a bit of rehab. We have a pretty good brain rehab center here, origami brain rehab, and so I've done quite a bit.
1: Despite all the work that TJ has done so far, he still thinks he's got a way to go.
0: I don't feel like I'm back to 100% where I was before the stroke happened. I do feel better, though. I still have some effects from the stroke. When it first happened, I dealt with a lot of cognitive issues. I dealt with a lot of short-term memory loss. I had some left-sided weakness in my body, and I ended up with what's noted as left-sided homonymous hemianopia, which is a left-sided blindness in each of my eyes, and so I actually have no peripheral vision in the left side of my eyes and I'm not able to drive. And it's kind of tough to be like in crowded spaces and things of that nature. I had issues with processing things, just in general conversation with people. I would have trouble matching faces to people's names matching names to faces. I would know who somebody was, but I just couldn't quite put my finger on what their name was. I would do things like I would have conversations with my kids or my wife or even friends or other family. I would have conversations with them early in the day. And then maybe later that week or later that day, I would totally forget that we had a conversation about that. I would forget the details of the conversation. And that was quite a tough period for me. And so what I started to do was, and I still do it, is even as I'm talking to you right now, I had literally had to take notes on everything so that I could refer back to them to remember or recall the details of conversations or or. Like if if my wife needed me to do something or if my kids had games, I always have to take notes so I can refer back to my notes or use the calendar on my phone or the note app on my phone just to kind of help myself, just to kind of jog my memory a little bit.
1: The cognitive challenges that TJ faced caused a great deal of emotional trauma.
0: I was working two jobs and so I had pretty much worked really hard to get to where I was in the jobs that I had. And so I was kind of in this thing where I ended up, after my stroke, seeing a um, neuropsychologist. And he talked to me about the five stages of grief by Kubler-Ross. One of the things that he talked about with grieving was that you're going to go through these five stages. You may go through these five stages. You may not go through them all. You may experience some of them. At first, you know, I had the denial piece of it where I couldn't understand why it was happening to me and me why I was going through a stroke. I was a 38 years old. I was a pretty healthy guy, and I just didn't want to believe that all of this was happening. I was not going to be able to coach anymore. I was not going to be able to drive anymore. I was not going to be able to work anymore. Then I had some anger. You know, I was kind of angry with myself. I don't know why. I was angry with 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 doctors, uh, cause I felt like I really couldn't get any answers uh, as to why it had happened. And, you know, I just had a lot of anger going on at what was going on at that particular time of my life. I mean, I felt like I was too young for that to be happening. I didn't really understand that people, no matter what age you are, can have strokes. You know, I'm thinking like I'm 38. Uh, 38 year old don't have stroke. So I, I had some anger because of that. And you know, you go through the bargaining phrase, you go through a little bit of depression. And I finally got to the point where I just was able to accept what happened and move on and try to make the best out of the situation. I had to understand that it probably could have been a worse situation for me in terms of how I came out of it on the other end. And so To help me do that, I just got to a place where, you know, I started giving back to youth groups. I I would talk to youth groups. I would talk at basketball camps. I would put motivational quotes and sayings on my social media out. And, you know, I would just reach out and try to put as much positivity as I could out. And so, but I, I did go through a pretty emotional time at that point, though. I've had a really strong team step up and kind of help me through it, whether it be my wife, who's been the the, the point person or kind of help and push me through it, my daughters, my parents, my church family, my brother. I've had quite a few people kind of surround me with with love and just motivation to to stay positive and, and
1: move forward. TJ now wants to find another calling in life.
0: I wasn't able to go back to work in part because I couldn't drive, but I had so many cognitive issues that I was dealing with. I just wasn't able to do the same type of work that I had done. And even since then, I've tried to do like some trial periods with some jobs and I just hadn't been able to really get over some of those cognitive issues and some of the physical issues like my body, like it just... It's not responding in the way that it once did in order to go and work a 40 hour a week job. And so I haven't been back to work. I'm still not working as of this point. So I am actually trying to move forward in the way of, I wanna be able to be an inspiration to, to people that have gone through something similar. And and be able to help them see that there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Even if you can't get back to what you were doing before, I just I want to be an inspiration to people that have gone through something similar to, to to what I have.
1: TJ's busy life was put on hold by his stroke, but he still wants to focus on helping others and providing inspiration for people who've experienced hardship in their lives. Still to come on stroke stories. TJ describes the value of finding people like him.
0: As a 38-year-old going through a stroke, people my age typically aren't in that community. And so whenever you can connect with someone in your community that has gone through the same thing that you have, then it's great to kind of just bounce ideas and resources off of each other.
1: And he reflects on how the stroke has changed him.
0: Fundamentally, TJ is still TJ. You know, I still believe in what I believe in. I still do things the way I do them. But I have changed, and I've had to come to grips with that. I've changed in a way physically. I've changed physically. I've grown spiritually. You know, there are several ways that I've changed in, and, you know, I can't deny that.
1: Let's hear how TJ wants to help people through motivational speaking.
0: I know quite a few people that are coaches or athletic directors or camp directors or whatever the case might be. And so I started off with a colleague that I used to coach with and he said, Hey, listen, I know you, I know your story. I think it would be great for some of the kids at this camp. It was a Christian basketball camp and he said, it would be great for some of these kids hear your story if you're willing to tell it and i thought about it and i pondered and i said ah i just don't know i i I didn't know if at the time i was ready to tell my story and probably about a week later my local newspaper called me and they said hey we kind of caught wind of what happened through some of the other coaches in town and would like to know if you would like to share your story with the newspaper. And I really didn't want to do that. I just wasn't, like I said, I just wasn't at a place where I felt like I was ready to share my story. And I I spoke to my wife about it, and I prayed about it. And my wife just kind of, she just kind of encouraged me and said, you know, it would be good to do, if you're up to doing it, because it would be something positive that you could put out there that might help somebody else. And once I started looking at it from that perspective, taking myself out of it and how I felt and saying, how can I use this to help others, then I agreed to do it. So that's kind of how I got started. I just felt like even if somebody hasn't gone through a stroke per se, people always encounter some type of adversity. And so just to be able to hear that other people have encountered an adversity too and kind of learn, hear some of the things that they do did to get through what they went through might help.
1: TJ has also found comfort in talking to other stroke survivors who are of a similar age.
0: I did go to a stroke support group and I went to a stroke support group for probably about four or five months and then I found out that where i was doing my rehab at had a stroke support group and so after that initial four or five months that i went to the first group i started attending the stroke support group at the rehab center that i was doing all my physical therapy at And i haven't really done anything with any national stroke foundations or anything at this point but that's my goal as as i move toward future things like the podcast and things of that nature I think it's always good to hear other people's stories and things that they did and resources that they used in the community and how they got through it. And it's always good to bounce your story off of other people that have similar stories because you can share. And a lot of times, I think, especially as a 38-year-old going through a stroke, people my age typically aren't in that community. And so whenever you can connect with, someone in your community that has gone through the same thing that you have, then it's great to kind of just bounce ideas and resources off of each other. And so I thought that they were helpful. I wouldn't say that people necessarily treated me differently, but I had to get used to how to interact again. You know, I just trying to relearn how to process information and communicate what I wanted to say and find the words for what I wanted to say and all that kind of stuff. Like I dealt a lot with that. It's kind of like reteaching yourself how to ride a bike to a certain extent. Like you got to learn how to do some of the basics all over again. I think in terms of interacting with people though, I didn't have a problem with it. It was just more so the fact that I had to relearn my patience and I had to get used to Being around people, as I mentioned earlier, I had the visual deficit. So it was hard for me to be in groups of people because I can't see peripherally. I had some social issues, but I was able to work through them. Like I mentioned, I got a good team around me with my family, and they've kind of helped me navigate through that. Fundamentally, TJ is still TJ. You know, I still believe in what I believe in. I still do things the way I do them. But I have changed, and I've had to come to grips with that. I've changed in a way physically. I've changed physically. I've grown spiritually. You know, there are several ways that I've changed in, and, you know, I can't deny that. I mean, I think anything of this magnitude will change you. I think the question is, for me, do I want it to change me? negatively or positively. And I think I just got way too many people counting on me to be dad and husband and son and brother. And I, I can't allow it to defeat me. Just like how I used to always tell my players and and how I used to raise my daughters when they were babies. Like You always got to be given that extra effort and you got to always compete and try to be your best and so for me what that looks like on a daily basis is waking up trying to be my best uh, whether i have to meditate whether i have to pray whatever i have to do to make it my best day is what i have to do
1: and he tries not to think too much about the impact that the stroke has had on his life
0: the more that i look back the sadder i get about the situation so, I mean, I can look back from a perspective and say, okay, what was my diet like back then? What were the things I was eating? What were the things, was I exercising enough? Was I reading enough? Was I doing enough mental exercises? And so I can look at that stuff and say, okay, based on that, how should I parent? And how should what should I tell my kids to do moving forward? And so I can look back. Like that, but for the most part, I'm just trying to look forward. Like, how can I help others that have maybe gone through this? How can I grow from this? What is it that I can take out of this and move forward with that'll help me and my family moving forward?
1: And finally, TJ believes that focus on the end goal is the key to recovery.
0: I listened to Eric Thomas one day and I heard him say, like, where your focus goes your energy will flow i think you have to put your focus on what is it that you want next and then your energy will lead you toward that i would just say have faith and put your focus on what it is that you want next as opposed to dwelling on the past and what have we spoke a little bit about that earlier like do I ever go back and think about stuff? Well, I try not to go back because I'm trying to look forward. Be patient and love unconditionally. I mean, it's a process, the recovery is a process and it's not gonna happen overnight and it's not gonna happen after one doctor's visit. And you have to love your family member unconditionally. I'm sure there were some things that I did in the course of my recovery or some things that I said or some things that I didn't do or some things that I didn't say. But my family was able to understand that dad is still in the process of recovery and he's still pulling everything together. So they were able to not take some of those things personally and still able to love me unconditionally given the fact that I was going through my recovery.
1: TJ has bounced back. He's made great progress in his recovery. He is also dedicating his time to helping others and vows one day to return to basketball coaching. Coming up on the next episode of Stroke Stories.
0: I didn't really understand because I woke up from a coma and after a road accident and I couldn't move my left side. So all my balance was went, I got some very bad falls. And there was no um, recognition in that day as it was today about having a stroke.
1: Please remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so that each episode will be downloaded automatically. And please rate and comment on the episodes you hear because that will really help us spread the word. If you'd like to learn more about stroke, please search online for The Stroke Association. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.